0: Joining us now, we've tracked them down, um, still celebrating the World Test Chat. We know what it was like. We, we were the first inaugural holders. Our name's on the trophy. Theo, welcome in.
1: Staffy, always good to be on the podium with one of the all-time great cricketing countries. What a pleasure for Australia.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it must be good to be second only to New Zealand. You know, that's that's, <laughs> that's a pretty good thing. But we're just saying um, while we're getting you up, what a perfect, perfect scripted build up for the Ashes to play in England in white hot atmosphere. It's almost like a six test series of stress and endeavour for the Aussies.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Tremendous preparation. And we're sort of watching this game unfold at the Oval thinking, you know, is the one test the best way to decide the best playing the best test playing nation, just the one game, you know, is it a series, is it floor better? And you know, I, I think In those conditions, Australia always felt like the favourites to me, and then once India sort of botched the toss and didn't include Ravi Ashwin, I thought, oh boy, this is going to be a long couple of days for them if they don't get things right, but yeah, it was a tremendous performance, wasn't it? Australia was in a bit of trouble early on and go on to make sort of 460 in the first innings, and India was on the back foot since then, so yeah, the fallout in Australia has been, well, it's been a great sort of day or so of celebration for the guys over in England, and I think they'll get the, uh, you know, the recognition they deserve after a couple of long years of hard graft at home and uh, in difficult test-playing nations around the country, uh, around the world, sorry.
0: Travis Head, special player. Um, he, What's brought about this amazing return of form? I don't know if he got player of the match, but he'd get it for me with that colossal first innings.
1: Yeah, he was. He was mad of the match. And this is just something that Travis has been building towards for years, really. I mean, the irony is he was left out I think it was almost four tests ago in India. He didn't really get the chance to defend his crown, and he, he was dropped for the first test, but he did it in Hobart. If you remember the Ashes, the series here, gone recently. It was a bit of a green top. He came in after missing the previous test with COVID. You know, He cut loose and made a, a rapid quick-fire 100. He did the same at the Gabba when they were under all sorts of pressure on a green top against South Africa with Anrik Nokia bowling sort of 140, 150 Ks, and he did it again in this one, you know, 163 from 174 balls. And again, I think from memory, Adelaide Oval, he almost cost himself a double ton too. He had the opportunity to do that. He just scores quickly. He's a guy that really believes in himself and technically he's gone to a different level. Um, you know, He used to get drawn into sort of little wafty shots outside the off stump and he got caught third man, the India Series 2018 in Perth, twice in two innings. So to see him get to a stage where He's set a platform for himself and then to go on and score nearly a runner ball for a test ton in a World Test Championship. I mean, he's one of the best players in the world now and, and really, really starting to prove it. If there were any lingering doubters, then I think even they've come around to say he doesn't always pass the eye test, but gee, he's affected this guy.
0: Scott Bolan debuted at 32. He's now 34. I bet he wishes he was 24. He's just played eight test matches. Filling in for Josh Hazelwood, he's given the selectors a bit of a head- headache if Hazelwood's going to be right.
1: Oh, he has. He's a wonderful competitor. And we played, a lot of my junior cricket was played against Scott. And he, he was always a competitor that came at you. But I don't think with respect to him in the younger days, you would have anticipated him being the quantity that he is for Australia. He was always a really solid bowler, especially in the Victorian time, behind guys like Dirk Nanners. They had some really good fast bowlers at the time that they just held the fort, really. And, And Scott was always one behind there. And once he got a crack for Victoria, he was always really highly rated. And then to come onto the scene and do what he's done, simple recipe, isn't it, Steffi? You challenge off stump and you make the batters make a decision. And if they make the wrong one, then... He gets the reward. So, you know, he picked up two in the first innings and then he comes home with three in the second and some really crucial ones. I mean, Coley and Jadeja too. He gets Gill with that catch from Cam Green. So, yeah, tremendous. I mean, Josh Hazelwood, a, him, and, him and Pat Cummins are out now at Rolls-Royce, but you've got a big Ferrari in Boland waiting not too far behind. So you'd think if Hazelwood's fit, he plays. And unfortunately for Scott, you had know, that Andy Bickle role of that mm. Morris team in the 2000s where he just could not get on the park but it was one of the best fast bowlers in the country. I, I think that's Scotty Boland's uh, position at the moment, but so highly rated and a, a much-loved member of that cricket side, and so he deserves to be. A
0: few a few older players in both squads, and being a five, uh, five-test series, that's 25 days of cricket. Do you think both teams are going to have to rotate players because it's a big workload?
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, I, I tend to think, you rotate a player if they're sore. I mean, if Josh Hazelwood thinks he can get up and you obviously can't rest the skipper and that's the corner that Australia's backed themselves into with Pat Cummins. Mitch Stark, I know, is keen to play all of them and, I mean, from the top order point of view, I don't think the only one for me. The question mark is over David Warner, whether, you know, sort of 40 and not many in the second innings or one. I don't think that's enough to get him through the series. So, interestingly, I know he he penciled in a retirement test (laughs) Yeah, at the S C G against Pakistan in, you know, sort of twelve months time. Not many players have decided to give themselves another two series if you're not making many runs. So <laughs> you'd want to make sure this Ashes is pretty successful for him. But and then you look at Anderson and Broad and Wood. I mean, they've got some some firepower, the English side, don't they? Um I I could imagine Anderson sitting a test out, perhaps Broad as well, but for the Aussies I would expect Hazelwood Stark and Cummins play the Lions' share. Maybe Josh Hazelwood if he's a little sore, like I said, but I think the Aussies, are, they're a bunch that thrive on playing consistent cricket. And, gee, what a luxury you've got Scott Boland sitting on the sidelines if you need a rest.
0: And lastly, I thought Stephen Smith would know Brendan McCullum better than to say, Baz Ball won't beat us. That is fuel to the fire.
1: Well, anyone who's ever had anything to do with Brendan McCullum knows that he is a character that loves winning you know, he's a he's an entertainer. We saw him for near on three decades play international cricket in a way that most of us could only dream of playing. So he's empowered the English side. But I think the style of cricket really is, like Travis Head, he's being aggressive, he's moving the game on. They're not unnecessary risks, are they? The ones that England take. I mean, outside of Joe Root trying to reverse sweep early on in his innings, I remember getting caught in that the Sri Lanka series or the... just doing something sort of silly that he didn't need to do or maybe the New Zealand series. But outside of that, you've got players that are playing aggressive cricket and it's great to watch. So I think the biggest challenge for the English side and the basball sort of mentality is, well, now can you take on Cummins, Stark, Lyon, Hazelwood, bowling, generally the world's best four or five bowlers on surfaces that are seeming around and have the courage to play carefree and, and not worry about getting out. I mean, that, that's the way that a coach empowers his players is to be better than what they thought they were previously. And it's worked really well for England. The challenge is to sustain that when there is just relentless pressure. And you know, I, I think there might be a few players in the England change room that think we might have to rein it in a little bit. You can't just throw caution to the wind every single time in every single circumstance. So I think Australia's got the firepower to take down Baz but I'd love to see it. It's going to be a tremendous series.
0: It is, and you're going to be sleep-deprived for about six weeks, Theo, (laughs) and we will be tapping into your wisdom as the Ashes goes on, mate. Uh, Thanks each for joining us, buddy. Steffi, always a pleasure. Here he is. I'm very excited about the Ashes, actually. Theo Diropoulos there, he covers cricket and AFL for 7 News. And we'll be getting him on more regularly as the Ashes gets underway. I think first ball at 10 o'clock New Zealand time this Friday night. And we've got ball by ball commentary for you. We'll take the news now with Johnny Mack.